What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Clean Libertarian Podcast. And today I'm joined with my good friend, Taylor Sandell. Taylor, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing well. Glad to have you on the show. Um, Taylor is a uh, a uh, friend of mine for the past, damn near 10 years now, it seems like. We've known each other for a while. Uh, he is a friend of mine from the recovery community, and uh, he's agreed to come on and kind of hang out and talk about libertarianism and the drug war and all sorts of other good shit. So, uh, Taylor, uh, why don't you give a little background on yourself? Uh, yeah, man. Um, I've been in the recovery community. Um, I've been clean 12 years, going on 13 in December. Um, and I've been a libertarian since uh, Gary Johnson. That seems to be the, uh, and Taylor is actually the guy who turned me on to libertarianism uh, as a whole. I, uh, in the last episode I I did with Kevin, kind of went over some of that where I came from the Bernie Sanders camp and was a little bit disenfranchised. And I came over to something, it was one of the gatherings you had at your house, man, where all the dudes came over and you were talking about, you handed me a, uh, gary johnson libertarian bumper sticker and yeah man i got a stack of them <laughs> <laughs> and i just kind of i looked at it from there and, and and just kind of went down the rabbit hole and now look look at me now membership director for the state doing all sorts <laughs> of crazy shit with this whole lp thing but uh so 13 years clean man that is awesome you are an inspiration coming so. up on it man oh coming, coming up, up on it no, no fronts damn it. no fronts yeah um, but let's just kind of talk about for a second now, how in, you know, how did you find, um, recovery for yourself? Okay. Okay. Um, so man, I started doing bad things pretty early, <laughs> um, you know, right out of high school, basically, right. Two weeks before I graduated high school, um, I was getting in trouble, getting suspended from school and and um i had the whole uh parent and and grandparent uh intervention and uh threw me into a to a program that i stayed for about eight hours um called up my girlfriend at the time she came and got me um then i got in some trouble uh with the law um and had to go to rehab that's what I was going to talk to you about. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I remember, I remember what I had to talk about. So I'm going to, I'm going to jot off for a second. All right. So I got into recovery after all of my legal stuff was done. I got, I got into recovery um, for, for this last 12 years um, when I was not on paper Um and none of that. And, and, and and I don't, I was talking about it right before we were, uh, going to talk, but, um, I went to jail when I was 18 years old for about 60 days. And and what that did for me for, for possession of, of a weed pipe, basically. And, And, and what that did for me was teach me, uh, that doing drugs, uh, intravenously was going to be fun because that's all the people in in jail with me did it. Right. And I, ha- I had a lot more connects. That's what jail did for a 
simple marijuana user. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's what I, that's what I had forgot about. That's what I wanted to talk about. But yeah, I got into recovery, man. Um, in 2006, 2007, like just cause I was tired of, of doing what I was doing, man. That's, that's, um, one hell of a thing is that, you know, it, it turns into the state wants to push people like you and I into an environment where we're with other people who are struggling with the same thing and no real solution is being given there. It's just like, Hey, here's your time out. Talk amongst yourselves. I mean, what the fuck do you expect to happen? And then, right. And, and then we get out and then we're not supposed to be with those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw them all together. And then when they get out, they can't, they can't be around each other. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to give a little background on kind of like the recovery places. Now, you know, I, this is the, one of the things that I've always said and, and I'll continue to do is that I will never uh, verbatim say the name of a 12 step fellowship. I do not um, act as speaker for or representative of all I know is that what has helped me has helped me. And I'm, you know, that's just not the point of this podcast. And, and I certainly don't have permission from the 12 step fellowships, but I will say a very specific figure in, uh, in history was uh, Father Dan Egan, a Catholic priest who did a lot of work to kind of help uh, change some of these laws that existed at the time. Because like back in the uh, 50s and 60s, they had uh, up in New York called the Rockefeller Laws. And it made it to where like no more than one addict could congregate in one place at a given time. So that effectively outlawing, you know, 12 step meetings. And so that's, it's just, I don't know why that's the approach, man. I don't know the, why that seems to be, well, we'll just outlaw them from being around each other. Like what the fuck, if you catch us doing something bad, we're doing something bad already. <laughs> you don't right. need to, you don't need to like do this whole like identity thing where like, Oh, I got to do a criminal background check on my buddy <laughs> you know, to make sure that we can hang out at the house. It's fucking exactly. crazy. But, um, so in, in your experience, you said, you know, jail never worked for you. Um, you, what would you say was a def deciding factor I, after the legal stuff was behind you where you're just like, you know what? Fuck this. So, I, I, man, I, I've looked at it over the years and, and what it, what it came down to for me was, um, I woke up every day and told myself I wasn't going to use dope. And then I went and used dope and I was tired of feeling that way. That sucks. That sucks so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hell of a deal. And like, I, I don't know if you ever did this, but like you buy a, a you know, pretty decent sized bag of dope and you're like you know what i'm gonna flip this i'm gonna come up rent's gonna be paid <laughs> the next day you're like well there goes that idea <laughs> oh yeah that's straight up yeah I, I uh you know i bought a good size with my my ex ex-wife and and got a, a a few shots in and said we can't do this anymore let's flush it and then as soon as it we flushed it, it was like what the fuck did we just do yeah <laughs> yeah. Call the guy. Call the guy. We fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's terror. 
That's fucking yeah. terror right there. Like, what were we thinking? Son Pure of a terror. <laughs> but, uh, and for people listening in who maybe don't come from this world, I'm sure that they're thinking, what the fuck is wrong with these people? But this is, you know, this is part of it. This, this was the deal. Um, there was lots of moments that kind of equated to insanity, you know? And looking back on it, there's real no, there really is no way to explain it. That'll make it make sense to a normal person. Right. Um, but I get that. I get that completely. What would you say um, brought you to kind of the spot to where I, okay, let me rephrase this. I know that you've heard it because I've heard it too in rooms where people are like saying, Oh, the cops should kill every heroin dealer on the street. Uh, you know, it, it's like these people who came from and did these activities are now advocating for agents of the state to take out people who are just like them that just hadn't found the solution yet. What have you experienced that as well? Um, in social media, yeah. Um, you know. I've tried to delete those people off the old Facebook because uh, I I have a tendency to want to engage, and then I just they're not going to hear what I have to say. <laughs> so no. why am I doing this? You know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I've, you know I've seen it, and it's like I said, they're not going to hear what I have to say. So it it it's hard for me to see. Because I want to be like, dude, you were doing the same shit. Right. But like I said, they don't want to hear it. So, What do you think drives somebody to get to that point? Man, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to bash Christianity, but it seems like a lot of people get clean and they get, get, super religious and those conservative viewpoints just come with that, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if they had those preconceived notions um, before addiction and this, you know, once they're clean and once they uh, get back to, I guess their set of morals that they go right back to that. Um, but I know, you know, I, I, I never, I, when I stepped into the rooms of recovery and they talked about being open-minded, I took that to heart and I, I think some people don't. Yeah, that it seems to be um, kind of like inconsistent thinking, you know, occurs. Right. I've, I've come over this myself trying to think about it. This is kind of one of the primary reasons I wanted to have you on is kind of like address this thing that's occurring in the recovery community because it's a no-brainer for me that the jails didn't fucking work. I mean, in one of our, you know, one of the pieces of literature found in some of the rooms, it says, you know, jails, institutions, and death. That's like the final thing. That's the, that's the bad thing. That's what you want to avoid. So if we're wanting to avoid that, why not legalize these things, bring them to the market, allow people to make informed decisions, and then have you know, an avenue for them to get help if they so choose. Right. Uh, forcing people into these situations where 
like, you know, my story, I'm, I'm working on a governor's pardon right now. I cannot legally own a firearm. I can't own a firearm for shit that I did. That was 100% nonviolent. I didn't even steal anything, man. Like it was, I, I, um, went and tried to buy some pharmaceutical drugs without a doctor's permission. And that is a felony. And I can't volunteer at my kid's school. I get passed up for promotions. I can't own a firearm. I couldn't vote for a very long time. And it's like, dude, all I needed at the time was somebody who had been there where I was, had been through this shit that I'd been through to sit down and just be compassionate with me and talk to me like a person, you know? Right. um, That's just, that's just not something that the state is equipped to give another person you know? Right. And, and it's like this, uh, you know, let's take all these people who have this, this mental affliction and low self-worth and let's take away their ability to get a good job. Let's take away their ability to, uh, you know, volunteer at a school. Let's take away their ability, you know, let's just lower their self-worth just a little bit more by taking all these things away. Right. Yeah, that scarlet letter of felon is just absolutely, it, it doesn't right. make sense to me. Let's, and it, let's, let's tell them they're not a part of the society by not being able to vote. Right. Yeah. We'll take their taxes. We'll do that. We'll tax the <laughs> shit out of them. But God forbid yeah. they, they have a say in how it gets spent. Um, not that, you know, getting your voting rights back fucking the, matter. You know, yeah, I can uh, vote and I don't get it. I don't. I don't get a a letter in the mail getting to check mark where I want to spend my tax no. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. Maybe maybe one day, man. Maybe one day. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I don't know. And, and I was actually looking into some of the history on like you know what felon was, and like once upon a time, felon was like actually a thing that was bad. Like you were a felon if you tried to fucking murder somebody. Like you were a felon if you did the most egregious actions to another person that you can imagine. Uh, but now felon is just so blatantly used and frequently let. I don't want to get all Alex Jones tinfoil hat, but dude, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's it's made it to where if you walk off the beam just a little bit, you know, you you now you got You're fucked. You're yeah. fucked, man. Um, yeah, no good, no good at all. So this is kind of one of those, um, topics to where I wish that I could like bring this up and, and, and have it, uh, be a conversation where we could change the people's minds, uh, especially in the rooms, but it doesn't seem like I have found an avenue to make that possible. Uh, it's it's uh, as emotionally charged in that environment as abortion is here in Oklahoma. Like right. it's like such an emotional state that it's it's tough to talk about. But right, and then to to on on the outside too, I I can tell you that that when when Oklahoma was going through the motions to to pass. Uh, the medical marijuana bill like you know I would say I was for it and people like my family and stuff would be like you're for it really yeah why why would you be for it you had a problem with it you don't smoke weed you don't 
And it's like, yeah, it's not about that. No. It's about, I don't care what you do next door. Right. I, I funny you should say that just on Twitter, um, like yesterday or the day before, like one of my, one of my friends on there was saying something about, I don't know, some person was like screeching about like, oh, we, I don't want to see marijuana legalized. And I said, you know, we need to legalize cocaine, recreational cocaine and heroin. <laughs> Weed was yesterday's battle. You know what I mean? Like this is, let's, let's move on to the, to the new shit. And he was like, you know, it's, it's a testament to your principles to take that stand. And I, maybe, but I, I think I, I would, I, I would like to say that, yeah, I, I'm, for the most part, principled. Um, I, I can tell you that there's beliefs I hold today that I didn't hold last year. And there's going to be things that I believe today that will be, will have changed by next year, you know, because I have a rolling understanding of what's going on. But on the topic of um, drugs and the war on drugs, like I don't see that changing for me at all. I've, seen people overdose and die right in front of me, like close friends. I've, you know, seen some horrible shit happen as the result of, um, you know, drug use. But I've also seen that this approach that we have as a society on dealing with this, it doesn't fucking work. So while I can say legalize recreational cocaine, I can also say, I don't want to see widespread cocaine use be normalized and I could be right. logically consistent in doing so. Right. And it's, you know, it, it comes back to social media, you know, and I've posted your, your, your podcast on, on the, uh, a link to your podcast on ending the drug war to people, you know, trying to, I'm, you know, basically saying, look, I don't have the words to explain it in a, in a Facebook post right now listen to this podcast and it hits all these points that you keep coming at me with. Like, <laughs> like I, if they legalized it tomorrow, my 70 year old neighbor isn't going to go, Hmm, I think I want to do heroin today. No. It's legal. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know? And, 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 uh, you know, actually my, uh, you know, I come from a small town. So, so the guy that arrested me, he's a, he's a Facebook friend, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a cop. And, you know, anytime I post anything like that, you know, he has a comment on it and I, I, I posted your link and I'm like, just listen to this. Like, and he's like, well, what about the theft and da, 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 da. And I'm like, that's a whole different deal, man. That's a crime against the person. Yeah. You can prosecute a crime against the person, but me smoking weed in my house or the person next door doing cocaine in their house, you know, who is that hurting? Nobody. Not right. a fucking soul. And the thing with the, okay, so I, I just did this write-up. Uh, well, I, I've had this write-up for a while, but I kind of re-released it where, you know, I go over all the points. And one of the points is, is that, you know, people say exactly like that guy said, is that if we legalize drugs, the property crime is going to go through the roof. Here's the thing, is that you, that, that works off of the assumption that there's going to be more people using than weren't before. That's going to go work off of that assumption. And it's right. also working off of this assumption that people are just incapable of having a moral fabric. You know, once good people turn into these thefts, thieves and shit like that. And one of the things is, is that for an addict who would do something like that, 
the markers in the behavior, in the brain, and in the personality were present long before a drug was ever introduced to the body. And that's just the, that you cannot convince me otherwise. Like right. I, could, I could show you all these benchmarks in my life leading up to it to where I was like, okay, I, I never knew moderation. And it, whenever I found that one thing that triggered that pleasure receptor, you know, it was a very easy trade-off for me to say, ah, fuck Walmart, I'm going to steal this, you know, and in return, I'm going to get some dope. So they're a corporate, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, the, whatever way I could dope fiend myself into doing that. But that's not going to be the case for other people. That's not going to be the case across the board. Um, and looking at Portugal, and I hate bringing up Portugal because we're not Portugal, we're the United States. But if you look at the proper, at the, you know, criminal data statistics for that country post or pre and post decriminalization, property crimes have gone down quite a bit, quite right. a bit. And so, yeah, man. And, you know, it, it also goes off the assumption that just, just a uh, black and white line of if you do drugs, you will do crime. Yeah. But Keith Richards never had to steal for his dope. <laughs> this is true. You know, it's not that black and white. It's not, you know, we did what we did for our dope because we didn't have any money. Right. You know, you, you don't see these Wall Street guys that are doing cocaine every weekend uh, robbing somebody's house. That's that's a hundred percent true, man. I'm sure you saw it. I know I saw it. There people who would who held down a job, like they they were functioning addicts. You know, um, my, my wife. Oh yeah, my, my wife held a job through her whole addiction. Damn, that's nice. Yeah. That must have been nice. I fucking as soon as the track marks started become really apparent, I'm still in shit and I'm out. <laughs> you exactly. know? I'm fucking knocking you, knocking you over, and then and then going. Uh, but yep. that's just that's just me, you know. I was, goddamn, I was a shed, you know. Yeah, I was a shed. Um, it, it comes in all different forms, man. It really does, man. And I guarantee you that you know none of those things just kind of disappeared in my mind. So I think that's kind of one of the one of the misconceptions, and it's been around forever, and it's still here, is that um, drug addiction is a moral dilemma. It is a moral failing on on behalf of the individual. Well, that's not the case. Like every single thing that I ever did, I carried that shit with me. And when I got clean and I started having to face this stuff and look at it at, for what it was, like, dude, it still doesn't give me a good feeling, you know? Like, right. there's, there's some people I ripped off who they were, they were assholes. But there was also some situations that I was just like, eh, that's not okay. That wasn't okay. And so the moral fabric was there for us to a certain degree, but we never knew that there was a way out. So right. for us, it was like, I just keep digging the fucking hole. And, uh, and I, you know, that's to say if we had a, um, if we had a different take on it, right. Okay. For instance, when you look at somebody who drinks too much, 
you don't think, oh, that dude's just fucked up. That dude's just over it. No, I mean, like the, the, it has become a very uh, socially accepting thing for somebody to go through is alcoholism. But when it comes to drug addiction, because it's illegal, like a lot of people look at that as like, oh, they're choosing to be that way. And it's like, right. no, no, man, treat them like a fucking person. Show them there's a way out and it's possible. And also there's a lot of people who take a little bit of Coke and go to the nightclub and dance. There's a lot of people who take some ecstasy and have some fun and they don't ruin their fucking lives. They don't have a problem with it. Like there's also a portion of the population who can responsibly use these drugs. And I think we should allow them to, I really do. Yes. You know? Yeah, I agree, man. It's, 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 it's crazy, you know, because, and and it goes back to that, what I was saying, you know, you take these people that have low self-worth and you lock them in cages and tell them they're not human. Right. Yeah. What do you expect to happen then? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so here's the other part too, is that the, the voices who are all saying in the drug war come from different walks of life. You have one portion of that and it seems to be sizable who are wanting to instead utilize those tax dollars for rehabs and you know other sorts of self-improvement centers and this is where i kind of like divorce myself from them because i absolutely understand how other people who are like for instance like people who own houses and don't have kids they're like what the fuck why do i got to pay for somebody else somebody else's school you know, right. it's, it's the same thing for somebody else's addiction, even more so because it's like, you know, for them who may not know or understand, they're saying, oh, they're making a decision to get high and fuck their lives up, but I don't have a decision on whether or not I'm going to help them. And so I, I do think that that's immoral to do that as well. Like we need to stop taking money from people <laughs> to lock them in cages, full stop, bottom line, alleviate the tax burden. Get that off of the uh, get that off of the taxpayer, and let these people find help for themselves. Um, you know the the thing you and I both found recovery through nonprofit organizations who are in no way, shape, or form funded by taxpayers. Um, and I think that speaks volumes. That whenever you go to jail and you get out, what's the thing they give you? A fucking sign-in sheet signature list for 12-step meetings the state is acknowledging that hey we don't have a solution (laughs) we're just gonna charge you you know for being in our shitty facility and then uh yeah go get some signatures yeah yeah and while you're at our shitty facility we're gonna bring in this thing that you're supposed to you know we want you to do for the rest of your life because that's how you actually do it yeah (laughs) 100 percent it's insane yeah. it's like fucking crazy we can put you through 30 days here and we'll, we'll counsel you a little bit but you need to go to a meeting every night <laughs> <laughs> like why did i pay 11 grand for this yeah. i should just go to a meeting every yeah. night <laughs> yeah yeah that's the that's the funny things like you know people go to rehab rehab has its own merits but, you know, it's like you pay this ungodly amount of money and you find out the meetings are free. And you're like, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn it. But, oh, well, say la vie. Uh, yeah. You know, what 
how long were you ever in jail? 62 days was the longest I was, I was in there. Fun um, times. Fo- followed, followed immediately by 30 days in rehab. Oh, good times. A little yep. double whammy action for you there. Mm-hmm. Plus I caught, uh, so my birthday's in January and I, yeah. I went in like two days before Thanksgiving and I caught the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's birthday, all in county. <laughs> oh damn! Ugh. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks, dick, right there, man. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. But look at us now. Exactly. Talking shit about it on a podcast, uh-huh. you know. Yep. Fucking ages later. Ages later. But uh, you know, it is what it is. We continue to fight on. Um, I'm just glad that there's other people like myself in recovery. And I'm glad that you introduced me to Liberty, to libertarianism. Um, thank, thank Joe Rogan for having, having Gary Johnson on. Cause uh, much like you, I was a Bernie guy. Yeah. And, and my dad's a super Democrat, super Democrat. Like, and, and I grew up that way. And um, same as you, I, you know, I kind of started getting, that that disenfranchisement of what's going on here you know what's actually going on here and, and hearing gary johnson you know just just really go over just kind of the core you know it was the the liberty 101 if you will you know on that podcast and i said man that's that's what i think you know all, all he really had to say was socially liberal and fiscally conservative yeah and I know, and, I know it's trite. Hit but me like, right. Yeah, I mean, it's that speaks to us, man. On that, on that real level, you know. And there's yeah. a lot of nuance in between there, but nah, there's there's something to it, man. Right. I I can like I can like gay people and not like war. Yeah. Who would have thought? Wait, that's not what they've been telling us. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's one or the other. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I, I will absolutely tell Joe Rogan, thank you. Uh, there's like a million percent <laughs> chance that he's not ever going to hear this. You know, uh, yeah. I think I have like five listeners altogether. One of them, I'm pretty sure is my mom. So right thanks, on. mom. I, I listen. So, so I'm, I'm one of them. Thanks, buddy. I told, I, I told my wife I was going to be on a podcast and she was like, huh? And I was like, Drew's. And she goes, <laughs> oh, that's what I figured. And I was like, well, how do you know it wasn't? wasn't the jre she's like whenever you get on jre you can i'll listen (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny yeah not not jre status yet man we're working on it you know a little little, little time he's got that spotify money now oh shit i wish i had spotify money that's the thing is that like i i I don't ever want to turn a profit that not that i have any kind of delusions of grandeur that this is ever (laughs) going to take off but I just don't give a fuck. I just want to do this. To, I want people to talk about this shit, damn it. I want, I want to, instead of just like the mindless screeching that occurs when talking about end the war on drugs, like I want my fellow libertarians to be adequately equipped to walk into any conversation and be able to change somebody else's mind on it. Right. That's the thing because it's very easily done and even more easily done 
if you're like, Hey, I know this guy and he's in recovery and you know, he's still is these things that things that, you know, that I'm saying, like there, there's, there's many of us who came from that world, found a new way to live. And we're still saying like, look, the way that we're doing this is not the way to handle it. Like there's a way out and it doesn't involve jail. Like at any yeah. point in time, jail is not a part of recovery. I'm, it just is not, you know? Um, right. Yeah. There, there is not one of the 12 steps is not, you know, take an inventory in your cell. Like it's just, just, it, it it's doesn't have to be this way, man. There's a better way that we as a society can approach it. And, you know, hopefully we see that in our lifetimes. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. I never thought I'd see weed legalized in Oklahoma. You know, no, man, I, I, the, I'm pretty sure. So I'm from Kansas and I think maybe like two years before I moved here was when they legalized tattoos. Yeah. So I, 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 I yeah. knew for sure. And you know, that, that it wasn't going to happen, but bro, you know. we got, we got medical weed before we got, uh, the 3.2 alcohol laws tossed out. Right. <laughs> who would have it's just it's it's crazy but i'm I'm glad to see the traction you know um but in that realm so and one of the things that libertarians hate to do is kind of like pander to anybody but we've got to be and when i say we it's the editorial right the 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 the, right it's it's not i'm not partaking in 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 pot at all but uh, we absolutely have to be responsible about the way that we consume these these drugs. And what I mean by that is, is it's kind of like you see these people who walk into Walmart and refuse to wear a mask and cause a fucking scene. Well, you have those exact same mentality types who walk into bars and fire up a joint and the bar owner's like, hey, uh, don't do that here. And they're like, this is a medicine. I'm allowed, you know. It's like, no, right. dude, don't be a fucking dick. You know, right. be, be intelligent about this and understand that if we ever want to see full legalization, it's going to require the public who will vote, the ones who show up to the polls, it's going to require them having some confidence in us um, as, a, as, a, as a society to be able to handle that type of responsibility. Right. You're not, you're not doing the movement any, any favors by acting like a douchebag. Not at all, man. In a private business. Yeah. Yeah. No less. A park, maybe you have an argument, you know, or, or somewhere where your tax dollars are paid for, you might have an argument, but in, in that little dive bar across town, dude, don't give that woman any shit. She's just there trying to earn some tips to go home to probably drink to forget about your dumb ass, you know, like right. <laughs> leave her alone, man. Let her do her job. On, on the mask front, the worst is, you know, these kids at, at, at Walmart, making eight bucks an hour sitting there telling people and people going off on them. Like this kid's like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to save up for a car, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm part just... of, part of the onboarding for Walmart already is like the removal of somebody's soul. Like there's videos <laughs> you gotta yeah. watch and they systematically just like with surgical precision, remove your will to live. Like it's exactly. gone. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I can leave them alone. I've always been that type of guy too. Who's like, if I'm in a store, or I'm somewhere and I see somebody like just really going off on a clerk. Like I dude, I, I can't, 
handle it. I'm right there talking shit to them, you know, like, Hey, fuck you. You know, like I'm not, I'm their voice of anger because they can't right. do it. You know, it's, uh, I can't stand that shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. We, so, so at my job, we employ uh, guys who are actually in, in a, in a drug rehabilitation program. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's not funded by the state because they only make 27 cents an hour <laughs> and the rest goes to the, to the establishment <laughs> Which Whoa. is, which is, which is, you know, hey, they get room, board, food, some life skills, and it doesn't cost them anything. Yeah. So I, I, I see the upside of it, you know, but, uh, but I'll, I'll tell these guys, hey, you know, I need you to do this, and, and you know, they'll do a shitty job, but I never once say, man, that's a shitty job. You need to do it better, because it's like, what can you expect for twenty-seven cents an hour? Yeah, yeah. You know, I ain't, no ain't going to give this guy a hard time because, you know, he's just he's just trying to get through this six months so he can go, you know, get an actual job. <laughs> right. Start moving on with his life. Funny yeah. you bring up something like that. So uh, to all listeners, all five of you, um, there will be an episode coming up where me and my friend Justin, Justin, if you're hearing this, get off your ass and get back to me so we can do this episode. But we actually were in a... Um, Oh, it's kind of, a, it's a, they called it a discipleship program, but it was a Christian uh, ran drug rehab place and it was fucked up and it still is fucked up because it's still around. So yeah. that's a little sneak peek for y'all out there, all you right libertarians listening in. But um, right on, man. Well, the wife's hollering at me. She's got dinner ready. You know my fat right. ass is hungry, but um, man. Hey, hey, I'm right there with you, bro. Hey, right on. Um, anything that you wanna wanna plug? Anything coming up? You wanna give your Twitter handle, your Facebook name, anything? Um, I don't know what my at is, but it's uh, Libertarian Football Dad. Um, you know we're all we're all on this push for for no libertarians under one thousand. I think I have like. I don't know. I'm up to like 200 followers. Um, so I'm going to keep pushing it, try to get up to that thousand, you know? Right on. Yeah. Guys so. follow him. I will, um, at, at clean underscore podcast or Liberty drew 84, follow both of those accounts. I will be uh, posting this episode and I will have Taylor's, uh, Twitter handle attached to it. So, uh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, let's get him above one 1K. He's got some really great points. Well, Taylor, thanks a lot for joining me, brother. I love you, man. I love you too, brother. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll talk to you later, and thank you to everyone out there listening. We'll catch you next time. All right.